Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Real Talk with Brad Williams. I am your host, Brad Williams. I always want to say that. And uh, I'm glad you guys tuned in to hear what, what we're talking about this week. No guests this week. This week, I'm just going to be talking to you. Uh, last time I did this, I talked about leadership. This time I'll be talking about health, health as it applies to faith, family, and leadership. If you are new to the podcast, do me a favor and leave comments. Also share this with everyone in your social media networks, on your social media platforms. Go to iTunes, leave a review. review. And what that does is that'll help get the podcast out to more people to help grow the podcast. And I I really appreciate it. It's weird doing this because one, I keep forgetting to look into the lens and I keep looking there. Two, uh, you don't know if you're helping. You don't know if what you're saying is helping unless you get feedback from, you know, from other people, from you guys. If I don't get feedback, I don't know. And the reason I'm doing this is to help. So please let me know if this is helping or not. This is weird because I'm also used to talking to people and mentoring people and counseling people and getting feedback right away. I'm used to getting a reaction and you don't get a reaction when you do this. So yeah, so this is weird. So I need your help. Uh, Leave comments. Let me know how this could be better, uh, what you like, what you wish I did differently, topics you'd like to hear discussed. If you have questions, please leave them in the comments. And if you go to the anchor link that I'm, and I'm going to have down low, if you click on that link, you can actually call me and leave a message and I'll be able to on the show reply to those messages. So just give me some feedback while I do this as I try to figure this thing out. I mean, look, can you hear that? Like even the fan is still on right now. That's how I, you know, help me. I need you to help me. Uh, We're doing this thing together. When it comes to the health of a community, an organization, a family, number one, it starts with trust. Trust should be the foundation of every healthy relationship you have in your life. It starts with trust. Now, the flip flip side is what actually happens is, uh, unfortunately, especially in business and in family and in relationships, we start with results. We start with results. We want something from somebody. And if they don't give us what we want or what we need, then that friendship or that relationship is no longer relevant. Or you aren't as engaged in business as you would be with that person because you're not seeing the results. You're not getting the results off the bat. And there's some scenarios in life where, yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a situation we jumped into and I need to get results quick. That's a real thing, right? But if you're trying to build something that is long-term sustainable, that will grow, that you can scale. It starts with trust. It starts with trust. You communicate your expectations, but you have to build trust first. Otherwise, you're not going to get the most out of that individual, out of that organization, out of that company, out of that relationship. You're not going to get the most out of them because it's going to be, it's going to be based on results. And if a foundation, it's like a pyramid, right? If you got a pyramid and the foundation is built on trust, you got a wide base that can withstand uh, the test of time. But if it's built on results, that's like the tip of the pyramid being turned upside down. The results, as soon as something happens, as soon as you don't get the desired result, that whole relationship, it, it tips over because it's not a real solid foundation. And when I say trust, uh, it, Real trust. When it comes to your faith, trusting God requires you to get to know who he is. It requires you to read his word. It requires you to pray. 
It requires you to do things that you have that will actually build trust. And a lot of people's faith is not strong because they want results from God. And that's it. They, they hear or they read or, you know, they, they think they know what they have to do to get what they want to get. And when they don't get it, then they doubt the relationship. That's not a healthy relationship with anybody, especially God. So if you're out there and you're trying to build a healthy relationship with God, you have to start by building trust. The first thing you do when you meet somebody is the first thing you do when you are trying to get to know God, which is know their name. What's his name? What does he refer to himself as in scripture and why? Why is he called the great I am, the ancient of days? Why does he have all these different names? Why is Jesus the lamb of God, the son of man? What does it mean? Start researching his name. Get to know his name first, just like you would a person. After you get to know his name, then you want to have conversations or dialogue or hang out with him, just like you would a person. How do you hang out with God? How do you dialogue with God? His written word. Jesus is the word wrapped in flesh. So you dive into the word of God, reading the Bible. That's how you get to know his character, know his attributes, know what he likes, what he doesn't like. You see the whole, you understand the whole scope of who he is better when you dive into his word. The book of Revelations, people get freaked out about the book of Revelations. All that means, Revelations is just God revealing more and more of himself to you. The whole Bible is a revelation. And the more you get to know God, the more he's going to reveal of himself to you, just like a real relationship. And you have to start there. You have to start by reading the word and then you pray. That's dialogue. That's the back and forth with God. You read your word, you pray. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you got to invite the Holy Spirit in. And when you pray, you can feel God's presence. You can feel him and he'll bring understanding to what you're reading. So you, you really, you know that you're in a real relationship because you're having real dialogue and you can't feel that if you don't slow down and really try to get to know who he is by hanging out with him, by spending time. And when you spend time with him and hang out with him and pray and talk and dialogue, you're going to ask for things. You should be seeking his face. You should be going in saying, hey, I love hanging out with you, God. I want to learn more about you during our time together. As you do that, you start to humbly walk with God. You start to humbly walk through life with him. As you do that, you build trust with him because real life things start happening. And you start going, we, how would that have, like, that was a miracle. Like, how would that person know what to say to me in this moment as I'm sitting in church? How would the minister know what I'm going through? Why did this happen uh, my budget, money-wise? I didn't know what I was going to do. And all of a sudden now, now I have, I have the money that I prayed for. I don't know how that happened. It doesn't make sense. Or if you're sick and get healed, or if there's a job thing that you pray about and you see it works out in your favor, or if you go through some tragedy, you go through some really difficult time and somehow you have the strength to endure what you thought you could never endure. All these things are, it's God and you building trust. So once you start building trust with God by knowing, finding his name out, knowing his name, getting to know who he is, having dialogue with him, going through life together, walking through life together, testing certain things, 
you know, talks about, you know, when you give to God, the, the word talks about tithes and offering, you know, test and see. There's also scripture that says taste and see, you know, so he's constantly telling us, hey, this is a real relationship, test it out. And when you do those things, you start to build real trust with God and that becomes a real healthy relationship with God. And once you have trust as the base, then that leads to what's called healthy conflict or healthy dialogue or real talk. In terms with God, uh, your prayer life, it just grows, it changes. You know, I see a lot of people out there, a lot of baby Christians or people who don't know the word or don't understand prayer, talking about how, you know, all you're doing is, you know, your thoughts and prayers, that means nothing. You know, thoughts may not mean a whole lot, but real prayer changes things. Real prayer is an action word. Real prayer is you having real dialogue with the creator of all things and getting real understanding and real insight and real direction to do something. Prayer leads to action. Healthy conflict leads to action. Healthy conflict leads to real commitments. Real commitments lead to accountability and accountability leads to real results. So when you pray to God and you start having real talk, not the whole, you know, fake stuff where you're trying to, you know, you say the same thing every time you sit down. No, real talk, like really, really sitting down and talking with God, having real conversation with him, real prayer, uh, where you worship, where you praise, where you dialogue, and he starts revealing stuff, and you sit and you meditate, and he starts revealing things to you. You know, all that leads to action. So prayer is an action word. It is the most powerful thing that you can do spiritually. And that's how you start to build a healthy relationship with God. When it comes to a person, it's the same thing. If you have people in your life, in your family, friendships, you think about the people that you truly, who your, who your, your best friends truly are, who the people you truly love and care about the most are. If you really wanna, if you think back and look at your life now and in the past, the people that you spend the most time with, the people that you spend the most money on, they're your favorites. I used to tell my daughters, you know, if you're dating somebody, time and money. No matter what he says, where does he spend the bulk of his time and where does he spend the bulk of his money? And I'll tell you where his heart is. Same thing when it comes to God. <laughs> Wherever you spend the bulk of your time, where you spend the bulk of your money, that's where your heart is. So, you know, we had friends, all of us. It's like, if if I got boys that I'm gonna hang out with and I spend most of my time with them playing video games, I like them the most. And all my money goes to that stuff, that's where my heart's at. No, regardless of what I say, regardless of what I say. So if you have people in your life family members and friends, and you want to know where where you stand with them and vice versa, time and money, time and money. And it's tricky. It's tricky because, you know, as a father, me as a father and a husband, um, a lot of my time goes to work. But my time at work is for my family. It's for my family. Like I'd rather spend time with my family. However, we don't get to have what we have. If I don't work. If I don't work, we don't eat. So I go to work for them and my money goes to God first and then to them and then whatever else. That's how they know where my heart lies. Where does your heart lie? Where do you spend your time and where do you spend your money? That's how God knows if we really love him or not too. That's how he gauges our relationship with him. Do we spend the bulk of our time with him? Do we give the bulk of our money to him and things that he's involved with? like the church and certain nonprofit organizations, like when he tugs on our heart to give to a stranger, are we giving to the things of God, our money, our resources, our time? 
Or is there something bigger than him? Who, what, what God are you really serving? Where do you really give the bulk of your, your attention to? Or what do you really give the bulk of your attention to? When it comes to your marriage relationship, guys out there who are, who have wives, are you spending the bulk of your time and your revenue on your wife? And if you have children, your children, if not, that relationship is in jeopardy because after God and yourself, your wife is next. She's number one or he, if it's a, if it's a woman that's listening, your spouse is number, number one. If you're married, then your kids in that order and they should, your time and um, where you spend your money should match that. It should match that. So when it comes to having a healthy business, uh, same rules apply when it comes to organizational health. The healthiest and strongest organizations are the ones that have really, truly established real trust on an executive level. The problem is a lot of organizations, executive teams aren't truly healthy. And that trickles down to the rest of the organization. And you can see the dysfunction because of the lack of health at the at the executive level. When an executive team is healthy and truly trust, and when I say truly trust, I mean they're able to communicate their failures with each other without fear of uh, some type of a negative ramification. Like they can really go there. They can really say they screwed up and they need help. They can really pause and pivot, you know, and not be looked at or judged or put down. Or, not, or be threatened to lose their job or position. Like they can really honestly say, I screwed this up and I need help. I know you're doing some things. I'm going to help you. You let me know what's on your plate, but I need help. I said I had it. I don't have it. Like real, real health at an executive level leads to real health at a departmental level, leads to real health at the you know, associate, you know, employee level. And that leads to healthy uh, internal service, customer service. If you're treating each other right internally, everybody internally, if you're healthy internally as a company, then you're going to be treating your customer right externally. Your external customer service is a reflection of your internal customer service. It's a reflection of how healthy you are as an organization from the top all the way down. That's why I would always get annoyed when people at the top would be all over their the people under them as if it was their fault. Uh, there's a book, and, and a lot of the, stuff, the things that I'm talking about, uh, it comes from like a, the book, I don't know if I mentioned it yet, that I'm constantly talking about this book because it's that good, uh, The Advantage by Patrick Leoncini. Uh, if you don't have it, please get it. Um, and there's another book that I just finished reading not too long ago and applied to, to where I'm at now. Um, and I'm still applying it. It's called Extreme Ownership by Jocko. I don't want to mess his last name up, but Jocko, uh, Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL. He's brilliant. And, you know, you, when you read the book, even though he's a Navy SEAL, the leadership, uh, all the leadership behaviors and all the examples he gives, everything is relatable. Everything is if you are a leader, you're going to get it. So I highly recommend both those books. Uh, when it comes to Extreme Ownership, my point was, that um, and why I'm reference, referencing it is because when it comes to extreme ownership, I, I it sickened me to watch leaders 
come down so hard on the people under them without taking ownership of the, the flaws of the department or the company. Because really it's on the leader. And a real leader, instead of pointing fingers at people under them or, or laterally, they're asking, what does this situation require of me? What can I do differently as a leader? That's what they should be asking. That's the difference. And um, extreme ownership is vital. If you're gonna have a healthy organization, a healthy team, a healthy relationship, you gotta own it. You gotta own it. You make a mistake, you gotta own it. As my brother, Christopher Ruffin would say, own it, own it, just own it. Like stop tap dancing and trying to blame everybody else for everything going on and own what you could have done better or what you could do differently. If you're the head of an organization and you have an executive team, every single meeting you should talk about wishes and likes. What do we wish we did differently or better? And what do we like that we did do? And when it comes to the wishes, own them. And then go and correct the things that you did incorrectly and humble yourself and apologize to people and fix processes and say I was wrong and you were right and do the things that that healthy leaders do to help grow and help scale an organization. So if you really want to grow and really want to scale in business, you have to be authentic. You've got to own, you've got to have extreme ownership. You got to own the the mistakes. You've got to. It's no, you can't shortcut it. And like I said, look at businesses that um, are struggling right now or that are having, and I know we're in a pandemic and everybody's struggling, but there's still some businesses that even in the midst of all this that's going on, they're just different. It feels different when you walk in there. They really still care. And it's because they're healthy at the executive level and that health trickles down to the whole team. And it takes time. Yeah, you can have an executive team that's healthy and you can have departments that are not. But if that executive team stays the course, then it'll spread. Just like negativity and poor leadership spreads like a cancer, it doesn't happen overnight. You can take a great organization and make it really bad with poor leadership. It takes time. And you can take a struggling organization and make it exceptional with exceptional leadership. But it takes time. It's not a magic trick. It, it takes a lot of time, actually, and it takes a lot of failure. And it takes a lot of understanding, a lot of vision, knowing your why. Like, it, it gets, there's a whole lot to it, there many layers to it. But um, if you really desire to create something in business that is exceptional, that's scalable, that's sustainable, you have to be healthy. You know, it's like a physical body. If you want to have a physical body that doesn't just look good on the outside and is jacked up on the inside, but a physical body that can really um, sustain the test of time, then you have to be truly healthy on the inside. And that takes time. There are people that look good on the outside that aren't taking care of their insides. They're cheating the system, working out, you know, exercising, but eating like crap. And when they get to be my age and older, that's when, you know, that's when they, they die or they get sick, you know, because they're not truly healthy. Just like an organization, they can fake the funk. But eventually, eventually you'll see how unhealthy you are. You look at some of the companies that, that are, are still around somehow during this pandemic. 
the smaller businesses, the medium-sized businesses, those are the businesses that were healthy before this and that were working to be healthy. And when this thing hit that was unexpected, they're somehow still alive because of healthy business practices and healthy relationships and healthy teams. So I hope all this uh, is, is helping somebody. I know we touched on family. I know we touched on faith and we touched on business and leadership. Um, so if you have questions, please, please engage me. Um, leave comments. Let me know if this was helpful. Let me know if there's other topics that you want to discuss. I'm still starting to understand. I know I still probably looked at this thing instead of looking at the lens most of the time. Like there's things I'm going to get better at, but I need your help. We're growing together. We're scaling this thing together. If it's beneficial to you, then this time is not wasted for me and it's beneficial for me if it's helping you. Um, real organizations and real businesses and real leaders and when it comes to family, when it comes to church, when it comes to community, when it comes to politics, real leaders, they're not winning if you're not winning. If the people they serve aren't winning, they're not winning. So for me, if you're not getting anything out of this, then I'm not, I'm not winning. This is unnecessary. So I wanna make sure that this is helping and this is necessary because I want you to win. Apply these things. Uh, once again, my background, I'm a proven process guy. I have built my whole business leadership reputation on galvanizing teams, on making sure that whatever business I was in, whatever processes and procedures were in place, I helped make sure that I drove those proven processes that were proven to help sustain and scale and grow the business. That, that was my, that's what I do. That's one of the superpowers that I have. So when I'm telling you, I want the same thing for this podcast, the same thing. I want to make sure this is adding value. Make this a part of your day. Listen to the interviews, listen to the episodes and take notes. And if this is helping you when it comes to your faith, when it comes to your family, when it comes to leadership and business, then keep tuning in. Have a great day, everybody. If you can't have one, create one.